The practice of short selling on the stock market recently got a lot of attention when a group of investors targeted a company called GameStop. You might have read about it in the financial news. Short selling bets on stock prices going lower instead of higher. That's a practice so contradictory to the norms of the market that it's been attacked as a national danger by leaders including Herbert Hoover, even Napoleon. But Stavros Panagias says that's not all there is to it. Short selling might bring what he calls a needed dose of reality to the market after all. I'm Orman Alney, and this is UCLA Anderson's podcast, How the World Works. He's a professor of finance at the UCLA Anderson School of Management. Professor Panagias, welcome. Great to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course. Well, first of all, what is short selling? And give us a short explanation if that's possible. Sure. Short selling is the practice of betting on a stock going lower, a practice by which market participants express pessimistic views on either an individual stock and potentially even the market as a whole. The way it works is actually pretty simple. Suppose that I believe that from today till tomorrow, a stock that's currently trading at 100, it's going to drop down to, let's say, 92. Okay, so I expect that the stock between today and tomorrow will drop by $8. Now, one would think that there is not much I can do about it, but actually there is. And that's where the practice of short selling comes in. The idea is, I try to find somebody who currently owns the stock, and I tell them, could you please lend me that stock, and I'll return it to you tomorrow. So I borrow the stock. Normally, there is a small rent that I pay, a lending fee that I pay to the person who is lending that stock out to me. But in borrowing that stock, what I do is I immediately go on the market and I sell it. I sell it. I collect the $100 that the stock is currently selling for. And then tomorrow, when the stock actually is, assuming I'm right, that tomorrow the stock is selling at 92, I go back, I repurchase that stock, and I return it to the person who lent it out to me. So at that point, the deal closes. And the benefit to me was that I sold the stock at 100. I bought it back at 92. So if those $8 are bigger than the rent that I paid overnight to the person who lent out the stock to me, if those $8 are more than the rent I had to pay, then I made a profit. So that's the practice of short selling in a nutshell. And it is, as you can tell, a profitable practice if I am betting on a stock going lower and I'm actually right in that market view that I express through this practice. Sounds pretty risky. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Especially to a lay investor. When you buy a stock, the downside is always bounded, meaning I could go buy the most risky stock on the universe for a hundred bucks. And the worst that can happen to me is I just lose those hundred bucks. In principle, with short selling, there's unbounded losses because a stock could go to incredible high levels if the trade works against me. You wrote an article that talked about a meme mob. <laughs> Who were they? <laughs> That's not a word that we came up in the paper. First of all, let me, um, let me just say this is a co-authored paper with uh, Nicolai Garliano and Jeffrey Zeng. Okay. So in that paper, we get interested in uh, some events that unfolded in U.S., 
capital markets around January to February of 2021. The events that's around that specific stock called GameStop attracted the attention of the press. So what was going on back then was that a group of investors who uh, one would refer to as regular retail investors, so don't think of them as large institutions or anything like that. So regular investors, retail investors, started going on online platforms and decided that if you actually read through what they were saying, it sounded like they were doing it for fun. They decided to band together and start buying up stocks that some professional investors like hedge funds were having short positions on. In particular, the stock that they focused on mostly, so one decomposes the discussion on something called the Wall Street Bed subreddit, which was where a lot of this discussion was going on. If one looks at the posts in that discussion, most of the discussion focused on that specific stock, GameStop. It's not that they weren't discussing other stocks as well, but GameStop was the one that attracted most of the attention. So they started buying GameStop up in troves, and all of us, as one might expect, the price of GameStop skyrocketed, bringing us back to the point that I was saying earlier, that short selling can be a very risky strategy, led the hedge fund to almost fold. They had to close out their positions, and for a while there, GameStop experienced the stratospheric rise. It has come down since then a little bit. I understand it went from $4 to something like 300 that's correct. And now it, I think, I believe like since then it has come back down. So they got together and did this. Why did they do it? What were they trying to accomplish? So that's a good question. You know, traditionally we think of investors when they are investing as being motivated by the desire to make money. In this particular case, it felt that part of the motivation was to just present a danger to the large hedge fund people, the more institutional, the more sophisticated investors who were betting on that specific stock going down. So in some sense, it was more driven by a desire to wreak havoc on the trades of those institutional investors rather than it felt that it was driven by the desire to, to make a gain. So this would particularly suggest that it is regarded as terribly dangerous and uh, that uh, people as long ago as uh, not just Herbert Hoover, but Napoleon have said it was dangerous. Why do they denounce it? What's wrong with playing around in the market this way? Normally what happens with short selling, professional economists and the general public, I sometimes feel we have like a kind of a different take on it. And here's what I mean. To most professional economists, Short selling is the mechanism by which pessimistic investors get a voice in the market. I think, suppose we lived in a world where short selling was outright banned. What is it that an investor who might think that a stock is a bubble or even worse, say if somebody felt that the price stock was manipulated in some way, how could they express a negative view? Uh, the short answer is they couldn't. They would just be marginalized. They would just not invest in that stock. So short selling actually is a practice that is quite useful when one wants to give a voice to people who are pessimistic in the market. And in doing so, for lack of a better word, one prevents bubbles from arising in, in stock prices. It, it allows the people who are have a different, some typically dissenting view on the market to, to express it. 
If a group like the meme mob can have the kind of influence that you have suggested, is this a bad thing? And, and should there be regulation? Should there be some way to prevent it? I'm not sure that whether that would raise to the level of regulating things, because that would start raising issues that are very difficult and our society is grappling with, which is how do you regulate that people can express coordinated views on social media that then translate into some sort of action? As you know, our society is grappling with these issues at this moment, and I don't want to express an opinion on something that is still uh, forming. My take on this is that any form of trying to manipulate stock market prices, it doesn't matter who tries to do it, is not a good thing. The market and the economy needs market prices that reflect fundamentals and reality. And these prices are needed because the stock price of a company is a signal to the managers of the company, to investors who think of whether they should invest in the company, to the outside world, how well that company is doing, whether that company should have the ability of, say, issuing shares, restructuring its debts, undertaking new investment projects, paying bonuses to managers. A lot of things hinge on having an informative stock market price. So any form of manipulation by anyone in whatever form is not a good thing. And yet this had a kind of disciplinary effect, it seems to me, you said it brought a dose of reality to the market. In general, we think of short selling as being a practice that has the potential to give voice to some people who are pessimistic about the market and this has the positive side effect potentially of allowing situations where stock prices have gone off into a territory that is very high it presents the possibility that those could come down when the short sellers can express their voice that doesn't mean that short selling is always a good thing it could lead to depressed prices so everything kind of depends on the context and and, and the particular incident but giving an ability to pessimistic voices to be heard is in some sense the natural antidote to a situation where, if, say, we went to the logical extreme of banning short selling, we would end up with a market where only the most optimistic investors express views, which would then lead to the natural outcome that stock prices would have a tendency to be naturally inflated above their fundamentals. Well, when you have a situation like this with the meme mob, is that uh, one of the reasons that there are those who simply want to ban it and get rid of it altogether on the ground that it can be used in the way it was? They understood what was going on. They understood that there were some professional investors who were expressing these pessimistic views on the market through the practice of short selling. And they just said, look, if individually person X or person Y goes and buys that stock, that might not have much of an effect on the price of the stock. But if we all band together and we start buying, then that could actually drive the prices up. In their view, that was a way of bringing down the Goliaths of the world, where the people who were used to making profitable bets, exploiting the fact that typical average investors might not be as sophisticated as them or might not have access to the same financial instruments as them, Etc. Etc. So I think that that particular incident surrounding GameStop, the motivation behind that meme bomb might just have been a little bit different than one 
conventionally thinks about mm -hmm. what the motivation is. Like conventionally, we think that the motivation of investors is to make money for themselves. That may have been part of the motivation here, but in actually reading some of the posts there, it felt that like a lot of it had just to do with anger against investors who were using those tools. Let me just put it this way. Traditionally, the investors who have performed the short selling strategies, traditionally, the returns that they have managed to achieve were not bad. So as part of writing that paper, what we looked at is the historical evidence of doing the following strategy, which is let's just look at stocks that have attracted short interest. And let's just try to repeat that strategy. Let's just say that every two weeks, we look at the data of what stocks are attracting a lot of short interest. It's a strategy where we're shorting the stocks and we're going along the whole market. Normally, this strategy has performed pretty nicely. Now, as part of writing that paper, we looked at the historical evidence of whether these shorting strategies have performed well. And the short answer is they have. Now, one little note here is that in, in performing that exercise, we did something relatively simple. We just selected the same stocks that these sophisticated investors expressed a short interest in. Turns out on a bi-weekly basis, there's available data on what stocks had high short interest. And we said, well, what if somebody followed the same strategy of just shorting the stocks that have high short interests? And typically that strategy worked pretty well. Now, granted that one would expect that exercise to work well, because in doing so, we did not have access to the lending fees that these people paid, but other people who have done similar studies and have also taken into account the lending fees, they still reach that conclusion that these strategies have historically worked well. Well, turns out, not lately. One of the things that we found in the paper, which was intriguing, is that even if one forgot about GameStop for a minute and just looked at the behavior of shorting strategies around that time period, January to February of 21, one looked at big stocks, one looked at stocks that were in different industries. So in other words, stocks that were very different than GameStop. Still, in many of the stocks that had previously attracted short interest, we saw that the hedge funds that were participating there, who were performing the shorting strategies on the stocks, we saw a retreat across the board. And as a matter of fact, these shorting strategies in that specific period of January to February of 21 had one of their worst performances ever. It felt that GameStop stoked fears across the board, even across stocks where, as I was saying, they were neither as much in the radar of all these investors. They were not small stocks like GameStop was. They were not in the same industry. They were, in summary, very, very different stocks. And yet we saw a retreat of shorting. So in some sense, it felt that like if their goal was to make these more sophisticated shorters afraid, it looks like they achieved it. Explain a little bit, if you will, then, why it's important for the pessimists to have a view if, in fact, this kind of thing can result. The market doesn't always have to go up. There are situations where the market could be overvalued. And 
that's where having the ability of having people who can express pessimistic views, that's actually quite valuable for ensuring market efficiency. Let me give you an example. Suppose there is a stock out there whose price has skyrocketed and has nothing to do with the fundamentals. Would we really want the management in that company to be able at those inflated values to start issuing stock, start attracting funds and money from investors who see that high price as a signal that this company is doing well. And then for all we know, when that market ends up becoming big bonuses and, and useless empire building investment, we would want in such situations, the people who say, well, wait a minute, why is this stock trading so high? Maybe something's wrong here. Maybe that's not justified by the fundamentals. We would want them to be able to have a voice and express it. Traditionally, situations where stock prices have skyrocketed, the cleanup afterwards was pretty messy. Had shorting had a chance to do its job or had it done its job to the proper extent, maybe these large rises, which are typically followed by very abrupt drops, could have been avoided. So market efficiency is an interesting phrase. It might not sound good to a given investor at a given time. It's an important goal. And what you're talking about, again, if you can prevent a bubble, for example, is something that could be important to everybody. Exactly. Absolutely. That is exactly what I'm saying. When we were chatting, you told me that the current financial market is a lot less sophisticated than it was back in the 1920s, the days of the Great Depression, the days of Herbert Hoover, whom I referred to earlier. In what ways has it changed? And is that good or bad? That's an interesting story, actually. The market for shorting stock has become less sophisticated over time. We kind of think of financial markets as being so incredibly sophisticated these days. The shorting market, something bizarre has happened there in the history of that market. So it turns out that in the 20s and all the way till the Great Depression, this stock market used to be cleared centrally. So the way it would work is during the day, there would be normal trading in stocks the way we'd know it. And then after trading would come to an end in the afternoon hours, there was a second round of trading where people who were interested in lending out their stock would meet borrowers in a centralized market and the lending fees would clear that market. So very similar to how we clear the market for long positions, there was a centralized market for clearing short positions. And actually, if you're ever interested, if you go back to Wall Street Journal of the 1920s, there is a whole section after the regular prices of the stocks where the journal lists uh, the fees that were clearing <laughs> the market for shorting stock. So it was yeah. an incredibly sophisticated system. And that changed uh, after the Great Depression. And nowadays we have been in a system for many years where the market is much more decentralized. It works as an over-the-counter market, meaning when I want to uh, borrow a stock, I need to go out and try to find somebody who's willing to lend it to me. And it's more like a search and matching market rather than the centralized clearing that used to exist back then. Stavros Panagias, that's all the time we have. And I want to thank you very much. We can learn a lot about the stock market from you. And I know a lot of students do at uh, UCLA Anderson School of Management. Thanks so much. Thank you very much for having me. I'm Warren Ali, and this has been How the World Works, a podcast from the UCLA School of Management. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again.